Day four of the apocalypse, Friday, March 20th. Sup everyone, I'm Paul Clark. Sup Paul, welcome back to the podcast. This is the fourth day of the Oregon coronavirus quarantine. Things seem as normal as they can be. There are groceries on the shelves, with the exception of toilet paper. People are as cheerful as they can be. Businesses are closing, restaurants can stay open if they have a takeout or a delivery option. I'm still in Eastern Oregon in the Dalles, and it is a great first day of spring as far as weather goes. The sun is out, the birds are cheering, the cherry blossoms are blooming. You would think it's great. You'd think it's amazing. In California, however, there's a mandate for everyone to stay at home. California's getting locked down, not unsimilar to Italy and other places in Europe and China. I reached out yesterday asking you to to reach out to me. Let's get a broad perspective of this. And I've gotten some great leads, essentially. In the next few days, you're going to hear from El Salvador, from Michigan, the southeast of the United States, Australia, and Canada. My first guest, Eric Gonzalez, is in Calgary. We had a conversation earlier this morning about getting tested. He got actually a test for the COVID-19, which will make his quarantine a lot easier. He'll be able to leave his studio where he's a filmmaker and interview people with the peace of mind that he's not going to be spreading the virus. So without further ado, welcome Eric Gonzalez. Eric Gonzalez, cinematographer from Canada. We met last year when I was traveling through British Columbia. You gave me a tour of the drone regulations in British Columbia, which was awesome. It was a great part of the the vlog episode that I did for the area. Thank you. You are my first guest on my Sup Paul podcast. And eventually this podcast is going to be about adventure travel, exploration, content creation, the voices and the places of of just adventure and content creation. So it's quickly becoming, however, about the coronavirus, quarantines, how people are recovering. So uh, we reached out to each other to get a perspective of Canada. You're in Alberta. And yesterday you got a test. So introduce yourself, uh, a little bit about what you do, and a, a little bit about the situation that you're experiencing in Alberta. Certainly, Paul. And uh, thanks again for thinking of me for uh, being the first guest on the podcast. Uh, Super excited to be talking to you. And uh, we had a great time last year exploring the Kootenays and the trail in British Columbia. So it was nice to meet you. Um, You're right. Yeah. So I am in Alberta, in Canada, uh, where the coronavirus um, situation has been unfolding as it has been all over the world. Um, I recently returned from a trip abroad and I had a little sore throat and they have a system here in place in Canada, one in each of the provinces that you can call a health uh, official, um, which is province wide and they can assess your symptoms and if they feel like you need to get tested, they'll send you to a testing facility um, that are set up in different parts of the city. And so yesterday um, I had called earlier this week and I wasn't really at high risk, had a little sore throat. 
and it could just be from the dry weather here in Alberta. Uh, but they were like, oh, you've been abroad, might as well, uh, if we have room, take you in there. So yesterday uh, evening, they had some availability where I uh, got swabbed. And um, the whole procedure, um, the, the actual physical procedure takes no more than uh, 10 seconds, but just uh, the lines and the procedures that need to be taken place and the safety precautions um, to make sure that if you do have the virus, you're not giving it to the nurses and or the other people there. So, um, yeah, and they told me I was going to know within four days. So, yeah. And on your Instagram story page, you documented the experience a little bit. There was a lineup of cars. You always have a big smile on your face. <laughs> Uh, but you also have a, a stat of, of countries that are testing for the COVID-19. Uh, I'm in the United States. Uh, you're in Alberta. The, the numbers are staggering. There are more tests in Alberta than in the United States. Was it available for anyone who wanted to get testing? How did that part of it work? You said because you potentially were at risk with a sore throat. Yeah, correct. So the, all the uh, different provinces have been setting up websites where you can do a self-assessment. Uh, so you put in your symptoms and you put in uh, different vulnerabilities that you may have if you're living with elderly people, if you uh, have recently traveled abroad, and they'll sort of funnel you through to different uh, outcomes. Um, and so since I was abroad um, and it just recently returned, that put me up on a higher level and I was showing some symptoms, but nothing, no fever or anything like that. So they didn't prioritize me or I wasn't an elderly person or at a high risk for vulnerability in that sense. And so um, you call a line and then the nurse uh, sort of triages you and uh, sets you up an appointment and a, and, a, and a time accordingly. But certainly the tests have been a lot more available from what I've seen personally in the United States has been uh, quite the difference and I hope that changes soon as this progresses there for you. Why, why do you think there is, uh, did it feel efficient to you? First of all, did it feel like an efficient system? Were people cooperative and did you feel like you were getting the runaround or did you feel like you actually had good service with this healthcare crisis? Um, I, I felt pretty, pretty good about it. They, yeah, each of the facilities, there was three different zones, if you will. So they had two, uh, you know, fast track, they call it fast track car zones. And so it's like the car parking. And then they have the interior where um, they can allow more people to come in and you go through, well, it's inside the hospital. And so there's a holding room and then you go to the, each of the different bays. But um, they seem to have been trying to ramp up the testing availability uh, quite dramatically over the past week here. How are you feeling? Feeling great. Yeah, the, the, it's just a little sore throat. Yeah, you know, the fear sets in. It's like, oh no, what, what's, what could it be? This and that, no fever. Um, and so, you know, you do your part. I'm still self-isolating and whatnot, but if it's there and they have availability and I don't want to take away a test from someone who might actually be needing it a lot more than I am, but still be a proactive uh, person. So um, all in its time and just happy to get it and I'll know in four days, but, you know, with this virus, a lot of the times you're asymptomatic, you don't know. And being on planes and airports for the past little bit here, and especially as this was ramping up, um, certainly puts a little bug in your head is thinking, oh, could it be? 
And you're in, uh, is this your studio office? Is this your apartment? Where are you at? Yeah, this is my home office. And so I've been working from home for the past, I guess, uh, well, since I started three years ago. And so this is what I know. And so I have, thankfully, uh, during these times especially, uh, a comfortable place where I can do my work here at home. So as a media producer, you're already familiar with isolating yourself in many ways in, in, in glass in a studio. So this isn't too problematic for you. How, how are people around you, though? How is, how is Calgary responding to this? Yeah, so Calgary and specifically Alberta has kind of been hit with a double whammy in the sense that oil prices, and not only as a result of the price war between the Saudis and the Russians, but also just the lower demand, have kind of hit the economy twofold in the sense that the price of oil has now gone to a point where producing it here in Alberta has become really uneconomical. And so those companies are facing uh, their challenges, but also like many parts of the United States, service workers, people that work in restaurants as well, um, have been being hit quite dramatically as they, uh, they see their hours reduced. So a health crisis, an economic crisis, uh, as a social crisis, what, are people allowed to, to meander or is there kind of a lockdown like it's occurring now in California and it has been in, in China? Yeah, so as of right now, there's no specific laws. There's just guidelines which people have been abating quite, uh, I mean, uh, you know, following quite uh, stringently in the sense that people are supposed to be staying at home whenever possible and only going out to get essential goods and services that they need to maintain their livelihood at home. People are fairly sane during this. Uh, I hope it doesn't last long because I don't know how, how long uh, sanity on this side of the border or your side of the border uh, could hold up. The grocery stores, they're fully stocked. There isn't uh, crazy shopping, hoarding of toilet paper like there is here. Oh, I mean, that certainly does exist um, and was there for, I don't know, well, I haven't been outside, so I, I, I really couldn't really tell you, but from what I've heard from my friends and family is that there, there have been some shortages, but um, that the supply chains are, are put in place to be able to withstand those, those shocks to the system and considering that Canada can't really grow or, and it depends on those imports uh, during the winter months especially, um, you know, uh, feel very confident that the supply chains are in place to um, accommodate for that. What is your opinion on how other nations are handling this? Uh, South Korea pretty much had a lockdown right off the bat, and their their levels of the virus spread was almost nil. Uh, China seems like they're recovering. Europe is now completely on a lockdown from Germany and Italy and Slovenia. Uh, Canada is publicly available like I've, I've looked at a few of the, the 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 public statements from officials which are very confident building what, what's your opinion of other nations how they're doing it and canada how's canada doing um i think in the recent weeks and months just well especially in the past week just seeing the escalation from different countries has been um positive but not sure if it was too late too soon but doing any action at this point in time I think is a good way of following and asking for forgiveness later, especially given the situation with other countries. Um, certainly, I think each country has something to teach us um, and something that can be used uh, going forward. I think in the United States, there's like even proposals to set uh, testing facilities at like Walmart locations, which I think is great um, and making those really accessible. Um, 
the you know in Europe having uh, store hours at certain times for people that are elderly and so I think each country has something to give but um, there are certainly countries that are doing better than others and that might just be because of their um, social norms and expectations and when you look at the Asian countries like South Korea and Japan and Singapore um, those kind of um, cleanliness and you know uh, norms are just built into their society so it's a little bit easier to implement. I joked a little bit last year in the, the vlog that featured you that you're an eternal optimist, that even though there, there's a, a burden of laws and restrictions for flying the drone, you were, well, this is, this is necessary for public safety. And, and you almost echoed that now with uh, the, the respect and the optimism that you have for, uh, for laws and, and, and communities. I like that a lot. I mean, just looking how bright and cheery you are talking about all of this is, is optimistic for me. So thank you very much. Tell me a little bit about what you do for a living and how you've... Yeah, so I'm a, well, a filmmaker or a video producer uh, based here in Alberta and in British Columbia. And I produce, uh, well, starting to produce more short-form documentaries that focus on people, things and trying to create um, you know, content under 10 minutes that really engage viewers and help share um, people's inspiration and reasoning for doing what they're doing. Um, and so a lot of that work has been tourism work, but I do a lot of work here at the University of Calgary um, helping share all the great work that's being done on campus um, and all the opportunities that students have to learn. And remind my audience of your website or where they could see some of your content. My content, you can see it at Gonzalez Video, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z, -Z, uh, video.com. Um, and that's uh, a pretty nice portfolio of my work. And the future. What is, what is your prediction for the near future, both for Canada and your business? In terms of the virus, I think that this is going to be... Um, you know, one of those moments that we look upon back, uh, you know, you know, had the war, Cold War, Great Depression um, and all, you know, we're going to look back on this time and, and notice all the pain and suffering that came about, but all the uh, joyous and beautiful things that, you know, that were learned through this experience collectively. Um, it's going to be tough for the next year, I think, for people economically, physically, mentally. And seeing how people come through that, I'm looking forward. Um, as you said, optimism. Uh, and in terms of the business, I'd like to still continue to do documentaries um, and, um, and online content specifically. Do you think you're going to do any content that's related to the coronavirus, the quarantine, the collective embitterment of the situation? I certainly have some ideas. As soon as I get my clean bill of health, I'll be able to get out there and, and do uh, some filming and uh, specifically just, well, first of all, it's just amazing just seeing some of the cities empty out and these desolate places. It's uh, out of a Hollywood set. So that, that, of course, intrigues me and in using the drone, uh, perhaps to sort of capture those locations and uh, in the future, perhaps doing uh, a contrast of those places um, once they eventually fill up again. I look forward to seeing that. And I think the, the drone footage of empty streets, that could be very telling. So Kimberly is back in Roslyn. She went there and at the border, 
between the US and, and Canada, they advised her to do a self 14 day quarantine. There was no testing. It seems like quarantines would be a little bit more peaceful if you know that you don't have it in the first place. You mentioned you're going to get your test back soon. Hopefully, fingers crossed, elbows crossed, toes crossed. Uh, you're not a, a carrier. Even though you're asymptomatic, you could still be a carrier. Hopefully, that won't be the case. But when you do test negative, you will now be able to, to leave your studio and fly your drone legally and interview people who are also negative in their, their testing. Is that true? You could leave your quarantine if you're negative. I mean, there's nothing really stopping me from doing it, you know, leaving right now, but it would just be on my conscience that I left, right? So um, there's no specific law in place. It's all just, you know, on the honor systems. But certainly once I get the clean bill of health, my conscience will feel a lot better about engaging and going and get groceries and, and engaging with other people to do it, those one-on-one -on -one interviews. That's fair enough. Eric Gonzalez, you're a, a bright light in all of this and a, and a perfect first guest. Is there anything else you would like to say before we wrap up? You know, there's two sides to every uh, situation I try to find. And, you know, I was sharing with my friends on my Instagram that we may never have an opportunity like this um, to dedicate so much time to something that we've always wanted to do um, and perhaps a great time for introspection. Um, once that economic security and those uh, that, that well, the economic security is in place, and hopefully that'll start to come online in the in the coming months and allow people to put those economic concerns aside and and start to think about what they're going to you know do with all this time that they have at home. And following your optimistic lead, I hope they they are constructive with what they do. Eric, you're an amazing human being. I look forward to uh, traveling to Canada and meeting you soon, giving you a big hug. You're, you're a great, bright spot in the future. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your day. Eric Gonzalez, thank you so much. What a bright spot in a dark time. Optimistic, hopeful, focusing on the, the embetterment of the people. Take a look at the link below in this SoundCloud podcast to his website. Definitely something to take a look at and definitely a voice to be motivated by. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Be well, be safe. Let humanity be more important than the person 